know, one of the other psalmist words, this, uh, this series is going to be for you. And we're looking forward to just getting into the, those psalms together and navigating through there. Today, though, I want to talk to you about authority. And, uh, and it's not a popular subject to talk about um, unless you happen to be in charge. If you're in charge, it's, it's fun to talk about authority. Uh, but uh, no, just joking. It, it, it creates a large target on you. Anybody that has authority uh, suddenly realizes, oh, all of the, you ever get a promotion at work and then found out you didn't want it? After you got the promotion, you found out, okay, nice raise, but now all this responsibility, now, I'm, now I have to carry more, more of, of the, the project, more of everything that goes on. And, uh, and so authority is uh, one of those things that's almost like a hot potato. But I want to I wanna talk to you from the word this morning. And we'll go as far as we can. I know we're running a little bit over, but I really feel like the Holy Spirit um, has, uh, has already been ministering this morning. And so that, that's where I take my confidence. But I want you to get this word this morning. Um, I want to share with you a couple of verses that are not in your notes. And then we'll read the notes together, the scripture in the, your notes. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times. And in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. Let me stop there for a second. God can appoint whoever he wants to appoint. God appointed his son as the heir of all things. God has authority because he spoke. There was no world, and then God spoke. When God spoke, he created. When God spoke, he acted. When God spoke, he created organization. The, the sun to govern the day, the moon to govern the night. God spoke and organization began to happen. Chaos then began to dissipate when God spoke. Tracking with me? Uh, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. God controls things by the fact that he spoke. Molecules hold together. Atoms hold together because God spoke. Everything that you and I have, everything that you and I are, are involved with, everything that we can touch with our hand, and even things that we cannot see, God spoke and caused those things to make sense, caused them to come together, not happenstance, not primordial slime crawling up out of some abyss somewhere, intentional design by the one designer who can make something out of nothing. God spoke. Colossians 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I, I want to underline this thought in your, your understanding today. Authority is a he. It's not an it. Authority is Jesus himself. Authority is the, is the one that we honor when we honor and we respect authority. We're respecting and honoring the fact that God established our world so that we could live in it. And so everything the scripture says here, uh, he says, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, 
all things were created, say these words with me, by him and for him. Life will never make sense unless you understand that God is the creator and that God is the authority. He's the supreme ruler. And you and I were created by him and for him. And that life is just not going to make sense unless, unless you understand how you connect in that picture that God has created. And, and though you can't see him, you can see what he's created. Though you can't see everything about God, you can see the things that he has said in motion, and he has given us all things, the Bible says, richly to enjoy. And so he's not a creator that's afar off that wants to punish us. He's not a creator that's afar off that says, I don't really care what goes on with you. God acted toward you. He initiated toward you when he spoke. The fact that God spoke this Bible, 66 books, one big love letter, God spoke. He acted on your behalf. Where's God when? Here's the Bible. I don't know how to get to where. Here's the Bible. I don't know what to do with my faith. Here's the Bible. God spoke. And he created through what he spoke. So uh, Matthew chapter 8, I want to lay that foundation so that you understand this. So let's go. Matthew chapter 8, you got to read loud. Now, the 8 o'clock service, I had to prompt them a couple of times. So I'm giving you a head, heads up. You can't sit this one out. You got. I'm talking about God speaking, so you got to speak, right? Oh, yeah, Joey, do it. Let's all stand up. Let's, I love this guy. I love this guy. He's on it. it, it's, your, it it's the fact that Joey stood that I'm going to ask you to stand right now. Ready? All right, everybody out loud. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Amen. You can be seated. Now. I want to talk quickly, so listen fast, okay? Um, uh, what, what you and I need to get a hold of is that this centurion was trained in Roman military power. His doctrine of understanding formed an understanding of how the world works on the inside of his noggin so that he would understand, no matter where he was found, that he was a representative of Rome. He was a representative of Roman, Roman authority. So if he was sent to the far reaches of, of Rome, Rome's uh, uh, colonies, he would be sent out, but he was sent there as a representative of Rome. Are you with me? When he walked in, Rome walked in. When he said, do this, Rome was saying, do this. He was the one responsible for carrying the authority of Rome wherever he went. So he's kind of curious. As he watches Jesus, he doesn't watch Jesus with a religious mind. He's not a Pharisee. 
He did not grow up reared under the Old Testament. He's not a Sadducee. He did not grow up questioning whether or not miracles really happened. He, didn't, he wasn't a scribe. He didn't know the Bible. But what he watched, he observed, and it made sense to him based on the military training that was already down on the inside of him. See, as a centurion, he would have had between 80 and 100 soldiers under his care. And he was watching as good military leaders would do whenever a crowd starts to gather because whenever a crowd's gathering and you happen to be the one responsible to hold the lid on everything you pay attention you pay attention to people that gather those crowds you pay attention to the atmosphere around that crowd what's this crowd doing how are they acting are they happy are they angry do they have weapons He's watching to see what's happening with this Jesus. And so he, he watches. We're, we're at Matthew chapter 8. So Jesus has already defeated uh, the, the, the devil in the wilderness. He comes out under the, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And everywhere Jesus goes, he is demonstrating authority. Now, fasten your seatbelts. I'm going to talk about demons for just about two minutes. Pastor Ken, you can't talk about demons on Sunday morning. It's not apropos. Don't do that. You might even be a person that says, well, I don't believe demons exist today. Well. Maybe that's an indicator. Just a thought. If you believe in the Bible, if you believe in the Ten Commandments, if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you have to believe that demons do exist. You have to believe that. You, ha- it, you, can't, you can't pitch one part out against the other. You know, uh, remember the Colossians passage I just uh, read to you? It said, whether they are powers, whether they are thrones, whether they are authorities... Jesus is over them all. He wasn't just talking about, uh, about ones that he created that were, uh, that were his. He was saying Jesus is over powers and authorities. There are territorial spirits that rule in our world today. Jesus is over them. So the thing you need to understand is that where, whenever Jesus began to, began to minister, demons would manifest. People, people who were oppressed with the demonic, they, would, they couldn't sit quietly. Uh, A lot of people say, you don't need to chase demons, and I would agree. You don't have to chase them. They'll chase you, though. You start walking in authority, and they will not shut up. I kind of laugh because when I, when I watch people on, in the body of Christ and they begin to rise up, God begins to use them in powerful ways, and all of a sudden people start coming out against them. Oh, yeah, 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 they can't bear, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, some of, that, some of that is just carnality of the church, but some of that's demonic. I mean, I've, I've sat in, the, in African crusades, and uh, in other parts of the world, the devil is, is not, uh, he, he doesn't care about being subversive. You know, when you, when you go to a country where witchcraft is open, and, uh, and witchcraft is like going to Walgreens, 
You got a problem, you go to Walgreens. You know, uh, in, in, in Uganda, you might go, you go to a witch. You go to a witch doctor. You have him put a curse on somebody. You have him, you say, he'll give you some incant- incantation to do. And then, and then you, you kind of uh, made some kind of spiritual connection. This stuff is very overt in other countries. But when you get in Africa and, and as soon as you light up the microphone and you start to praise God, the demons start manifesting. As soon as you start speaking the word of God, the demons will manifest. And you know, and, and you know what they do? The, all the ushers, the crusades I've been a part of, they pick up the person as they're flailing around and they take them and they push them up onto the platform where there's a whole bunch of pastors and they say, you guys deal with the demons. We got, we got gospel preaching to do. And so then the pastors have cast out the demons. They keep on going. It, it's just, why, why do I even bring that up on a Sunday morning? Authority. Demons always submit to the name of Jesus because in the heavenly realm, it's a done deal. There is no discussion. When Jesus shows up, his authority manifests, and everything that doesn't want to agree with it has to get out. It's over. So the centurion has witnessed this happening in crowds. That rabble rousers, you know, all of a sudden these demonic, uh, you know, uh, distractions would start to manifest, and Jesus would say, Get out, shut up, be quiet. He just pointed at me, and, and he didn't have to raise his voice to do it. Why? Because when you got authority, you don't have to. I, I love the I love the saying uh, uh, the saying that Margaret Thatcher used to say. She said, um, "Having great uh, have, uh, great authority is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you have it, you're not." Jesus didn't have to tell people; he just had it. He still does. He still does. And this is what the centurion recognized. He recognized the authority of Jesus. So much so that when he comes, he says, Lord, Lord, I have this servant at home. And, and he's, he's sick. And so as the, as the centurion approaches Jesus and has this conversation, Jesus obviously moved with compassion. He says, I'll go and heal him. He says, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, I know how this works. I'm a centurion. I'm a military man. I know how it works. All you have to do is speak the word. Because I myself am a man under authority. I understand how this works, Jesus. You are the head guy. You are, you are the, the earthly version of Caesar. You are the Lord. And all you have to do, just like Caesar, all you have to do is speak. And because I'm under authority, I receive what that word is spoken. And then I speak to whoever I'm in charge of, whatever my influence is. And I speak that. And they will go when I tell them to go. And they'll come when I tell them to come. And they'll do this when I tell them to do this. And they'll do that when I tell them to do that. Why? Because this is how the world works. And this is how the word works in the world. And so the the centurion, whether or not he knew anything about the promises of God, whether or not he knew anything about healing, whether or not he'd ever heard of Elijah or Elisha, whether or not he'd ever heard about Moses cutting the stick and throwing it into the the water and making the the water sweet, whatever it was, he didn't know those stories, but he understood how the unseen realm works and how authority works. I've been in a lot of countries. Uh, the ones that wig me out the most are the ones where the guys are at the banks with AK-47s when you walk in the door. 
They open the door for you with a big gun. We live in a country where uh, we, we know we have authority here, but it doesn't have to be displayed outwardly. Now, we, we encounter authority, like sign says 55, that's authority, right? There, there, there's authority structures around there, but violate that authority, and, and guess what happens? You're going to pay the price for it, right? Some of us are paying the price in our families because we don't understand authority. Our culture mitigates against authority in the home. It mitigates against uh, husbands and wives being the heads of the house. It mitigates against, uh, against children understanding authority. Oh, you're squashing their rights. You're squashing their individuality. And so our culture mitigates against that. And as a result, we, we end up with chaos. We end up with chaos in our homes because who's in charge here? Isn't that the question? Whenever something starts to go wrong, you walk in. I don't care if it's a fast food restaurant. Who's in charge here? Why? Because it looks like each man is doing what is right in his own eyes. Can somebody like settle the issue here? How's this thing supposed to work? And some of us weren't brought up because, as John mentioned earlier, as Daniel mentioned earlier, some of us were brought up in passive environments, right? Some of us were brought up in those environments where we didn't see anybody, like, really exercise authority. Like, one of the questions I ask in premarital counseling is, how, how do you work, how did your mom and dad work things out? How did your dad, mom and dad decide what, what happened and how it happened and what didn't happen? You know, and sometimes they couldn't tell me. Or sometimes they said, well, mom always just said what she wanted and that's what we did. Well, dad, did dad have any input? He didn't seem to want to have any. You know? And, and so we, we've got to understand that God has a, a, an authority structure because he's God and he spoke. And a lot of times in our families, we act like God hasn't spoken at all. How many of you dads, this has ever happened to you? And, and moms, if you're a single mom and you say, you know, you, you say to the kids, hey, get up and uh, take care of the dishes and put them away. And they sit there. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Easy now. And they sit there. You know, but my, my standard line, whenever that happened, I had, it, it was scripted. My kids knew it was coming next. Don't sit there like I didn't say something. Don't act like I didn't just say something. Don't act like that didn't happen. Because I did. You heard me. You know? and, uh, and so what happens is, you know, kids learn to understand authority based on how it's, it's, uh, it's mitigated in your household, right? Now, some people, some families are screamers. And so authority is only important when the decibel level gets to a certain height. And so you know what they're going to do? They're, they're going to they're respond in one of two ways. They're, in, 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 your, in their house, they're either going to not scream at all and never talk about anything and stuff it. Any problems that they ever had, they won't work it out because they just don't want to fight to break out because that reminds them of what they grew up with. Or they're going to replicate it. They're going to do the same thing. Oh, this is how you do it. You just scream anytime something needs to be done. And moms and dads, your kids will learn the system that you create. If that system says, say it one time, and then comes the repercussion, or say it five times, 
and install their all three names in the last time. And they will just sit there and they won't do anything until you get the fifth time in the three names. And then they're like, oh, oh, yeah, it's serious now. They, she really meant it. And can I tell you, we, we're doing our kids a disservice if we don't teach them to understand the word. It's not that we want to be punished. It's not that we want to be all out disciplined. It's no. When, when, when the authority has spoken, there needs to be an immediate response, right? And if there's not an immediate response, then there needs to be some, there, there's going to be a follow-up to that. In, in, my, my, in my life, it was a whoop, light up. That's what I received, right? But I mean, you know, but this is how we, this is how we learn. Right, And if we don't, we don't teach our kids to steward authority because recognize you only have authority in your home because God says you do. You have no authority in your home except that God established that, uh, that authority. Christ is the head. Husband is the head. He, head means source. There's no, there's no church without Jesus dying and crucified and the church coming forth from his side. So headship isn't necessarily you're the boss, you're large and in charge, you're the CEO, you're the big kahuna. It's not about whatever label we put on. It's about what is that authority doing in this house? The Bible says Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. That he recognized that his authority was to be the source for what could not be done if he didn't come to bring it. If he didn't come to bring grace, grace would not come. If he didn't come to bring truth, truth would not come. Jesus came to bring grace and truth. Not just the truth of this is what you're doing wrong, but the grace that says I'm going to help you accomplish everything you, can, you need to do. Everything that the Father set you forth in this world to do, you can do. Why? Because of the grace of God. That's what Jesus came and established. I, I pulled out my phone because there are a bunch of notes on here, and, and I, I didn't give them at all to the 8 o'clock because I just used my Bible, so, but I have my notes on here. So this is, you and I have to start with ourselves. The, the centurion said, I myself am a man under authority. I have to begin with me. If I'm trying to change my family structure, get rid of the chaos by saying, you need to do better, that's the wrong direction. I got to start with me. How am I not living under the authority of the Lord? Where are the areas in my life that are lagging behind? And have I brought my whole being, every aspect of my life, under the lordship of Jesus? Have I brought my thought life? Have I brought my entertainment life? Have I brought my money? Have I brought my uh, hobbies? Have I brought all, the whole of me underneath the authority of the Lord Jesus? So bring yourself under his authority regu uh, by regularly hearing the word of God. Consistently cleansing your mind with the word will keep your mind in peace. So many, so many times what we end up doing is, is we, uh, we have this disruption in our peace, but our minds need the word of God in order to operate the way he wants them to function. Here, here's this uh, proverb, uh, proverb 29, 18. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. Our minds have to have the word in order to function the way God designed us to function. He, he wants us to stay in close connection with him. Um, secondly, submit your heart and your behavior to God privately. You know, who you are in the secret place is who you are. 
What people see matters very little. But who you are in the secret place is going to show up outwardly. You say, well, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get caught. I'm afraid I'm going to. You know what? That's the wrong motivation. Deal with your sin in the closet. Deal with it. Don't keep it there. Deal with it. Find out what it is that, that the Lord wants to adjust. Deal with that. Take yourself in there. Find somebody that you can, uh, you can walk in accountability with, somebody that's strong where you're weak, and do whatever is necessary. We got to have some urgency about this, church. We got to have some urgency about this. Our world is in the condition it's in because the church is in the condition it's in. It's not their fault, it's our fault. And I can't blame you for what I'm not doing. So we have to be those people that say, like the centurion, I am a man under authority. Submit yourself regularly to someone who's strong where you're weak. Be a person under authority. The word of God says, submit yourself to God, comma, resist the devil, and he will flee. Some of you are fighting demonic battles, but you're uncovered. You haven't submitted yourself. You haven't, I'm just, I'm saying it lovingly. You haven't submitted yourself. You, you're trying to do in the flesh what you can only accomplish by the Spirit. Well, Pastor Ken, I'm a, such a hard worker. Praise God for that. It's redeemable. Pastor Ken, I'm, I, I stink at working. Praise God for that. It's redeemable. See, works don't get it done. It's the submission of the heart. It's understanding that it's when I submit myself to God, all authority in the kingdom flows through submission. And Jesus can't get at your problem because you won't place yourself under his authority. You can't get God's authority in your situation by standing on the side and saying, Jesus, you fix that, you fix that, you fix that. He's saying, I'm waiting for you to come into alignment with me. I'm waiting for you to humble yourself. I'm waiting for you to stop trying to make stuff happen in some kind of way that it was never meant to. You know, the word says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. You know what rebellion is? You know what, well, let me talk about it this way. You know what witchcraft is? Witchcraft is trying to control results in an unrighteous fashion. Well, if that leader doesn't give me what I want, if mom doesn't give me what I want, if dad doesn't give me what I want, then I'll find my, another way. I'll find a, I'm not going to take that as my final answer. I'm going to find another way in. I'm going to control the outcome by going this other way. And the word calls that witchcraft. Calls it rebellion. Now, some, some of us are dealing with this in our homes. Let me just plow out the whole row while I'm plowing. Some of us are dealing with this in our homes. You know, and, and we're dealing with it because we planted a seed somewhere along the line by speaking against somebody else's authority. We talked against that teacher. We talked against that cop. We talked against, and there was, a, there was another authority somewhere present, and, and we said something, and our kids picked up on that because they'll do it. Where did you learn that? Did you look in the mirror? Have you followed yourself around because they did, and they learned very well from you? And people that speak against authority and they do it in the hearing of their kids, that's destructive to your family. You just undermine your own authority. They're, they're saying, why should I listen to you? Because you just railed against somebody else. I'm, 
just, can I just be practical for a minute? I mean, this is real, folks. This is the real deal. And, and so we're trying to get our way in, w- without going through the righteous establishment. Read Romans 13. All authority is established by God. It doesn't mean all authority is righteous, but it is all established by God. In other words, this is the way God lined up the system, and this is exactly what the centurion understood. He understood this is how it works. This is how these things work. And so we've got to be those people that humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift us up in due season. Humbling ourselves isn't easy. It's also very specific. There are things you need to do in order to humble yourself, and you've got to get yourself quiet sometimes to get to that place. You've got to let the Holy Spirit whisper to you about the areas that, that just want to crawl out from under his, his, uh, uh, his authority. And all, this is human nature. This is what all of us have to deal with this, right? But if you want, uh, if you want uh, to walk in God's authority, then you've got to humble yourself. And you've got to allow the Lord to do his work. Because in your home, you probably have a couple of different kinds of kids. You have some that are outwardly compliant. They're rule followers. I was a rule follower, but then I found the ways around the rules. All I had to do was figure out the rules and make sure that mom saw that I was doing the thing that I was supposed to be doing. I found out that as long as I kept my grades up, I could do whatever I wanted to do. I, I got sneaky. Anybody, any, anybody recovering sneaky people in the room? You're recovering. Yeah, you're old enough to say it's okay. It's okay. Jesus still loves sneaky people. I, I could figure out how to bring that fifth of Jack Daniels into the house with, without my mom knowing. I could figure out how to, how to do whatever I wanted to do as long as I gave her the answer she wanted to have. And some of your kids are telling you what, what they know you want to hear, but inside there's rebellion. Inside there's a little snake waiting to, waiting to grow up. And then, you got, and then you got the other kind that's all outside, that's all outward. They don't, they don't keep anything on the inside. Sometimes you wish they would. Would you just act like you're supposed to? But it all comes down to rebellion. It all comes down to rebellion. And, and, the, and the solution is your leadership, moms, dads. The solution is you stepping up and saying, I can't control what anybody else does. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me. I humble myself. I place myself under. You see, the the centurion understood, I am a man under authority. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. When you place yourself under the Lord's authority, then his authority flows through you to accomplish the thing that needs to be done. When you and I live outside of God's authority, see, remember, authority always flows through submission. And if you're not submitted to his authority, you're not going to watch God do through you what he wants to do. So I'm going to finish, uh, finish with this this morning. Being filled with grace and truth. Grace enables and empowers truth, defi- defines and separates. Are you with me? Jesus was filled with both, and we need to follow his example. We've got to understand the spirit, not just the word. Some of us have made this mistake where, like, it's easy to point to a chapter and verse and say, See, that's what it says you got to do right here. 
And the minute you power up and quote a verse, the letter killeth. Right? That's, that's Bible, killeth. <laughs> the letter killeth, but the spirit bringeth life. Right? And we've got to say, how can, I, how can I be full of the word and full of the spirit at the same time? How can I position myself so that I'm not just speaking truth, but I'm bringing the grace that comes from the spirit of God into this situation? And I can't say that I, that I do this 100% of the time. But more and more and more as I walk with the Lord, I'm finding that he's saying, okay, you, you, need, to, you need to stand firm on this, but you need to let that thing go. There, there are things that uh, used to just wig me out uh, about uh, like all the little details. Ah, but it wasn't, that wasn't what he wanted to concern me with. He wanted me to check the atmosphere of the room. He wanted me to understand what was going on in the hearts of the people and the, in the hearts of my family and care for what was going on in the hearts. This is why the word says, fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, right? Do you know there's only one scripture that addresses children in the Bible? Just one. Just one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Preach it, sister. That it may go well with them and that they may enjoy a long life on the earth. I know some of you are saying, you, 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 I brought you into this world. <laughs> Complete it and I can take you out. Right? Children obey. See, when children learn to obey... In, in the family, they, they don't even understand. That, let, me, let me show you the, the, the understanding behind this, the psychology, and then I'll finish with this. Um, they don't even understand submission. They understand obedience. When kids are very young, they won't understand the, how, to, how to deal with their own heart. But you teach them to obey, and by teaching them to obey, they pick up the pattern that causes the submission to happen in their heart. We, we don't get our identity uh, because we think about the right things. We get our identity because we behave a certain way. Are you with me? I became a runner because I ran, not because I bought the shoes, right? I became a runner because I developed, I, I, I got into a habit, and that habit created a behavior, and that behavior created an identity. And in some of our families, we let too much disobedience go. We let it go. We, we let it go. Why? Because we're tired. We're busy. We got it. Let me tell you, there is one thing important, and that is that your children learn to obey. One thing important. If they don't learn that, then, you know, hopefully the military will teach them. If they don't learn submission to authority, then somebody at the jail will teach them. They will encounter authority somewhere. And you as a parent have the, have the responsibility, the God-given responsibility to say, you are going to learn this in this house if I die. <laughs> because disobedience is death. See, it's one thing if the child disobeys, but it's another thing if the parent disobeys. And we are all stewards of this authority that Jesus gives us. 
I'm not just a steward of the authority that I have in this house. I'm the steward of the authority that God has given me in my home. God looks at me in different ways for those things. And I have to uphold that responsibility. I'm a steward of authority. I don't, it's not mine, it's his. But I have to steward it, right? And so be that person that understands your position in your household. Understand you are there to steward that authority. You're not there to grasp it. You're not there to hang on to it. You're there to bless the people. I have authority in this house to make disciples. I don't have authority to tear people up. I don't have authority to talk down to people. I don't have authority to criticize people. I don't have authority to do any of that. I only have authority to help them grow in, in their love and their knowledge of God. That's, that's the limits of Pastor Ken's authority. That's what I'm here to do. And find ways to help people embrace who he is and walk in that. That's what our authority And what's your authority? Know it and then live it out. Let's stand this morning. When you encounter Jesus, you encounter authority. Yes, he's Savior. Yes, he's Healer. Yes, he's Deliverer. But first and foremost, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Whatever problem you have, bring it under his lordship. Whatever challenge is in your life, bring it under his lordship. If you don't know Jesus, bring your whole self under his lordship. Say it as a centurion. Lord, I'm not worthy. But just speak the word. Right? Let's bow our heads right now. Father, all over this place, I don't know where people's hearts are, but you do. Nothing in all creation is hidden from your sight. You see our hearts. And you know those that are yours. Your word is very clear. God knows those who are his. And Lord, here in this room, we, we may think we know one another, but we don't really know. Not like you know. We may say it's all right when it's not all right. We may say we're blessed, but inside we feel like we're cursed. But Lord, we bring ourselves under your authority today. If you've never made Jesus Lord, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 tells us how to do it. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you speak the word. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. By raising from the dead, Jesus proved definitively that he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Sin had no power over him. Jesus said, I have authority to lay my life down and authority to take it up again. No man takes my life from me. That's who you can call on this morning. That's who you can call on. That's who has made a way where there was no way. That's who says every promise in the book is yours. That's who. Jesus is Lord. And he can make that promise because he has proved it. If you need to make Jesus Lord of your life today, just slip up a hand all over this place. We're going to take just another minute, then we're going to close. You need to make Jesus Lord this morning. Now, would you do this? Would you lift up your hand and say, I want Jesus to be Lord over my family? 
Lord Jesus, right now, we bring our marriages to you. We bring our kids to you. We bring our homes to you. God, we bring our whole lives to you, all of our influence, Lord God. Lord, we can't control what people do. Lord, you, you haven't called us to control what they do. You called us to demonstrate what it means to live under authority. So today, Lord, I place myself under your authority in my leadership, in my words, in my thoughts, in my actions, my habits, my behaviors. I bring myself under the authority of who you are, Jesus. Help me, Lord, to live as though you have already spoken because you have. Forgive me, Lord, for living in ways that, that look like you've never spoken. Forgive my rebellion. Forgive my uh, way of sneaking around what I, what I think people will notice. Forgive me, Lord God, for living one way in the open and in another way privately. I place myself, Lord, under your hand. Under your hand. Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Father, thank you for blessing our time together. Thank you, Lord God, for ministering by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to steward your authority well wherever we go. We thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for your patience. Stop by Inside Lighthouse if you're a guest with us. We'd, we'd love to just get to know you a little bit, shake a hand, and put a gift in your hand. Thanks for being here today. I know we have a Mexico team meeting happening shortly. Thanks so much for being here. Bill Potter. Bill Potter. Oh